Wow, Christine, here we are at episode 100. I can't even believe that. Epic 100, and it's coming to you right now. And now. (laughs) I'm the captain now. (laughs) Coming to you from the K2 Studios in San Diego, California. This sounds great. You sound amazing. I always sound amazing. It's the world famous... Everybody sitting off like BFS. Chris and Christine Show. Hey, what's happened, everybody? How are you guys doing today? You know, thank you so much for listening. And I am Chris. And I'm Christine. And welcome to the, yes, you guessed it, the 100th episode of the Chris and Christine Show. Do, 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 do. Fantastic. This is great. You know, I never thought that we would actually make it to episode five, let alone episode 100. And here we are. Episode five. That's a really random one to choose because that was the one where you proposed to me. So, yes, we made it to episode Episode five and 95 past that. But before we get jump into today's show, how about that intro? That is so fantastic. I had so many memories coming back on that new intro. And listeners, I'm sure you loved it too. If you've been tuning in and listening to the Chris and Christine show for a while, then it probably brought back little memories of all of our fun things. But never will I forget I'm the captain now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was one of our episodes. That was fantastic. Yeah. You know, uh, that new intro is uh, specifically designed for the uh, 100th episode, but we are going to continue using that from here on out. So yeah, that is our are. new intro. And I hope you like it the way we like it. Yeah, we love. I love it so much. And I know our listeners are going to love it because it's like completely us. And you spent, I don't even know how many hours, but I know this podcast is a labor of love. From you to me and to all of our listeners. And so for that, the world thanks you, Chris. Oh, well, thank you so much. And thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate this. Yeah, we do. We've been looking forward to this all week long. We have been counting down the minutes to this specific episode. And it's finally here, Chris. Can you believe it? I know. 100. You know, most people, they'll do this whole like seasons type of thing. Like they'll do like 10 episodes, season one, season two. We don't really do seasons. Actually, we can't do seasons because we're a host to set up. But, but regardless of that, so what we do is just do one, two, three and continue. So here we are on the official episode 100. And because it is the 100th episode, we have a fantastic show in store. It's probably going to be a very long episode, so buckle up, Buttercup. <laughs> and then everybody went click and they turned it off for later. But you don't want it to, to tune out, even though it is a longer episode, because we're going to be having some uh, fla- so what is it called? A blast from the past, right? Blast from the past for this, d- this specific episode. So what I have is clips of uh, previous episodes where we had fantastic guests lined up Yay. for these episodes. Because remember, in 2020, we actually started getting into more guests for our podcast. And so we got a few that we actually liked, actually quite a bit here on my list, and I look at it. And these are some of those interview clips from some of those episodes. And if you did not make the list, I am sorry. We, can only, we can't put everybody out here. We can only do a good handful. But we do love you all, and we're so grateful for every single individual that has come Come into the K2 studios for their epic interviews because, you know, we're such a big deal that we fly people in from all over the world. Right, That's Chris? right. <laughs> That's absolutely right. So our very first clip comes from episode 34. That was Rob Kreider. He was a CHP officer and on this fun time, 
a race car driver. Yeah, seems like it's an oxymoron, but it actually goes together really well. And here is his clip. Like his wheels are turning as he's hearing <laughs> roll cage and amateur racers. And it's like Ford versus Ferrari is our movie. We love that. And so I could just see him like, oh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to start like putting the <laughs> stickers on the side. You're going to see me no. on the racetrack. And no, then he's I... like, Christine, you got to learn how to drive sticks so you can be my backup well, that's driver. A, that's the thing, too. She can't drive a stick shift. <laughs> oh, shame on you. You got to get her in the Z and teach her, man. Uh, yeah, I might. I might. You know, I, but uh, hey, you don't want to blow up the clutch in the 370Z. So I get uh, exactly. it. But I've actually raced uh, a 370Z Nismo. So I'm very familiar with that car. It's a very, very good car. Probably one of the best balanced cars I've known for just like understeer, oversteer, and power. And so in San Diego, though, you have a group of people called the Sports Car Club of America, and they race at Qualcomm Park, and you can take your Nissan 370Z, and totally just like you have it right now. You have to change nothing. And you can borrow a motorcycle helmet, put it on, and you can drive that car around the parking lot, around a bunch of cones, around a course, one car at a time, as fast as you want, and then every lap you go, they give you your time, and you race against similar cars, and at the end of it, they say... You know, Chris is the winner. And so uh, wow. it's called Autocross, and uh, you can find that information on www.scca.com for local races. And uh, I've done a lot of autocrossing my life during my racing career, and it really teaches you a lot about car control, and it's very inexpensive. I think entry fees for the weekend might be like $40. Okay. And uh, it's super, super fun. So if you want to play with your Z, it's the safest place because you're not going to wreck that Z because you have a nice car. You don't want to hurt it. Yeah. Worst case scenario, you spin it out, you knock over an orange traffic cone. I promise right. you, it busts right. right out. So you're right. good. I think that he's about to cry right now. He's so happy. And I think you've just officially made yourself a new best friend, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I have a, a website called robcrider.com. And on there is a bunch of articles. And one of the things I do as a writer is I write a lot of technical articles for racers. And so there's articles you could read, Chris, that tell you how to basically build your 370Z and the safety equipment you might want to use or the tires you want to use or tire pressure. and kind of walks you through how to go autocrossing. So wow. there's definitely links there. And then my racing team has a website that I'm very proud of because we keep uh, up to date a lot of times. So it's Team 559. That's the area code for the Fresno Central Valley. So our team is called Double Nickel Nine Motorsports. That's Double Nickel Nine. It's 559. But if you go to team559.com, you can see Double Downer Documentary, and you click on the media archive links, and there's just pages and pages and pages of magazine articles and newspaper articles and tons of technical information. Oh, gosh, Chris, that brings back so many different memories. And, you know, one of the things, though, that's come up this week for me, comparing or, or connecting it to this specific interview, is... I still don't know how to drive stick, and I keep asking what you. What is up with that? I keep asking you. Do you not want to let me drive the Z? Uh, yeah, you can drive if you want, baby. Yeah, like, I gotta find a nice open parking lot and like lots of room. Why and do you think I'm gonna like drive off a cliff or something? That's very possible. I want to drive it. I would look so hot in your car. Oh, well, I think you would. I baby. mean, not just in the passenger seat, but people would be like. She has skills. You know, when I see a chick driving the Z. A chick, a lady. A, I'm sorry, a lady driving a 370Z on Instagram or something like that. I get, I'm like, ooh, hello. How you doing? Exactly. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. So our next episode we're going to promote here from our Chris and Christine show, uh, Warehouse of Files. Yes, it's one of my faves. And she is just fantastic. We're going to hear from Carrie Pomeroli.
that when we get out of this, I just want to see my friends. Like, what do we look like? A little heftier. If anybody looks in too good a shape, their friendship is over. (laughs) Well, if you have a weight bench in your garage and you're using it for anything else than folding clothes, like I'm not your friend. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I look at it like this. Technically, carb loading is like what Olympic athletes do. So we're just, you know, modeling after our best practice. Yes. We I, are carb loading. There's no marathon, but I'm carb loading anyway. Or is it like bulk season? That's you always get excuses. <laughs> it's bulk season right now. <laughs> I feel like we're all storing up for the winter, but yet it's May and it's 85 degrees. And I'm like, I'm just going to get a bathing suit with a skirt like my mother always wanted me to and like call it a day. Yeah, it's definitely like every mother's modesty dream right now where we're like, it's okay. Yeah. There's a little extra fluff. We'll just cover it up. You know, board shorts, I'm like, that's, skirt. That's why God, God invented the moo moo. I'm totally like, <laughs> they should have a website and just call it like fat dresses. Like that's all I want right now. I'm just like, what is flowy? What I'm just going to become my mother and shop at Chico's and get all those like flowy clothing. <laughs> I love it so much. And dress like the Bible. It's what they wore in the Bible. Definitely. Well, Carrie, you are a funny gal, and we would love to know when you first discovered you were funny. So, you guys, I went to a very conservative Christian school in Michigan, and I'm Italian, and it was a Dutch Reformed Christian school. (laughs) And they bust in inner city kids from Detroit. And we started doing your mama jokes in first grade. So I think that that was probably the start of my, yeah, the start of my comedy career was with Quan Paxton and he was six and he had like a gold tooth. Like, I mean, I was doing deaf comedy jam from first grade at the Christian school. So I think when you're a comedian, you don't have a normal childhood. You're not necessarily the head cheerleader. So you use humor as a coping mechanism. I think that's a cliche, but it happens to be true. You know what? That totally is mind blowing right now because Chris is, we have three boys together. Well, three boys and we're a blended family. So Chris is youngest. Okay. Our youngest is getting ready to turn eight and our boys have a podcast and his role is to be the funny guy. And so he's always cracking jokes, but you're right. It's totally a coping mechanism. I think that funny people get away with a lot more than non-funny people. It's like gonna that eight-year-old is the one that's going to do well in life. You want to be nice to him. <laughs> <laughs> well, we try. We try. Yeah, definitely. So were you like the class clown when you were in high school? Um, no, but I was the one that would get picked on and they thought it was funny. Like I had a football player boyfriend and they used to joke. Yeah, he's not very smart, but he can lift heavy objects. And uh, the football (laughs) players would love to antagonize me and get me mad at him for stupid reasons because they thought it was funny when I was mad. And I think comedy comes from a place of anger. I this is something that I've realized. Oh my gosh, she's so right about comedy coming from a place of anger because I've been around so many people in the past year since that interview. And it looks like that, like humor is a good coping mechanism. Are you directing something at towards me? No, I wasn't calling you out, but I was also just thinking of different people that I've interacted with over the course of the last year. And I think that she's totally right on. Oh, that was fantastic. And, well, I- and before we move on, uh, Carrie Pomeroli is, I haven't even shared this with you. She's out and starting on tour again in no September way. and October, live shows all across the country. And so... Um, definitely look her up and check out her tour schedule. And she also is appearing on a number of different TV shows on the Now Network. And I think it's called Kingdom TV. I think that's more of a faith-based one. 
But yeah, she's definitely getting a lot more uh, recognition and popularity now that COVID is coming to a close. Fantastic. Well, our next clip we have comes from episode 40. And this is when we had a reality TV star on the show. This was Luke Krukarulu. Did I sell it right? Cucurulo. Cucurulo. He was on a TV show, Married at First Sight. It was like a dating game show, like kind of like a reality show or something like that. And here is his show. Lifetime hit show, uh, Married at First Sight. Was what? that was that like was that one of those uh, Christmas movies? <laughs> I've I've not watched a lot of Lifetime programming, but I do know what you're talking about. It's like a Hallmarky movie that they they play a lot of on there. <laughs> yeah. So what was your show about? Um, it was a reality show, and I'm going to try to keep this as unbiased as possible because I'm okay. I'm slightly jaded from this experience. You can be jaded. This is your place <laughs> to Listen, be jaded. I, I have never seen the show, so I can't have no opinion one way or the other. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, so it's a show where you tell three experts kind of what you're looking for in a potential partner, um, and then you go to the, they say, oh, we found someone for you. You go to the altar blind, um, and then you meet your partner at the altar, and then they film you for two months. Of being married. You get married. So you actually marry them. Oh, you actually marry them. So I am divorced. Do you take the (laughs) blind? Well, I'm divorced and Christine's divorced. Hey, we're all divorced here. It's all good. (laughs) And we had no blind we had no blindfold on, so (laughs) So you take the blindfold off before you say I I do? Or you I don't have a blindfold. So they let they let the groom in um two hours before they let the bride in to build some tension, you know. Um and then, you know, they open the doors, big reveal, and the bride walks down the, the aisle. Okay, so you mentioned that, that you tell these experts. So are they like <laughs> old school? I, I watched, you know, the play Fiddler on the Roof, and it's like matchmaker, matchmaker, making a match. <laughs> Is it like you're looking for your, um, your, your matchmaker to find you the right person and then set you up in basically an arranged marriage? Is that what this is? Yes, but... Reality versus, um, I guess, what Reality. is perceived to be are, are slightly different. <laughs> Tell us more. What, what do you mean? Um, so, yes, you give them, you kind of sit down, talk to each person, and you're like, this is what I'm looking for uh, in a partner. And then they decide collectively who to match you with. Interesting. So they make the choice for you, who they yes. think that you would be. Have they, do they ever try to like throw a curveball at you guys and throw someone completely not at your type at all? Um, so that was why, I, uh, in case you guys are not familiar, if you did any bit of research, I am the most hated person on that show of all time. I don't hate you, dude. I mean, still you know. to the, I'm just letting you know, still to this day. Uh, so here, here, uh, I'll be honest. I did a little bit of research and I read about it and I was like, that's not the guy that I had interaction with. So I'm going to choose to not believe it. And uh, you can ask Chris, I kind of tend to be Pollyanna. So in my world, you are the victim of people's uh, criticism. So that's how we view you. So tell your story. This is your stage, Luke. Oh, I've, I've told this story so many times. We don't need to dive into it too much. But yes, they, in my opinion, gave me the complete opposite of what i was looking for oh. and then you know i hope nothing bad goes happen and nothing bad happens and then every week they're like sit on the couch tell her you're not into her and it was just like they, we had to film that, that scene oh god we filmed that scene so many times like and they, every and they, day. And they feed you lines like that like um, what to say like how to how to like respond to what she says 
We're not allowed to talk about that kind of stuff. Oh, we're my, we're, right. we're given okay. subject matter to discuss. I, I'm sure I'm sure that's all very very scripted, but uh, <laughs> you know, it is the way it is, I guess. Yeah, but it sounds like you have some interesting experience with dating, mm-hmm. and I was doing a little bit of research about you, and it seems like you are passionate about like helping people find love and like helping connect individuals. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, yes, I really do enjoy connecting individuals, I would say. Not just dating, but in general connecting people. I did um, own a speed dating business for a short period of time. Wow. Uh, which I found was a lot of fun. I. Oh my gosh, so I have some big news. I have the gossip. I'm going to spill the tea right Ooh, now. What, 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 baby? So Luke has found love. No way. Yes, he has. And he has this very sweet partner. And she and him now share two puppies. And Luke has emerged into photography. And he is uh, really doing some incredible work in photography. So you definitely need to find him over on Instagram. He goes by Luke Kooks on Instagram. And you can see some of his work. And because I, I follow him on Instagram and I follow his um, his partner. I think it's his girlfriend is what um, the title is. But I never like to just assume. But they have the cutest puppies. They look like they could be like sisters, brothers, cousins of Clover. Oh, Just littler. Oh, Clover little buddies for Clover. Yeah, but he looks so happy. And so I love being able to listen back to some of these clips and to like hear about where they were compared to where people are at now and like pursuing their passions and their dreams. And so I hope that everybody would be happy for Luke that he's no longer the most hated man in reality TV. I think that that would be like others. There's this new, oh, so on that show, we were talking about um, the love is blind experiment also with um, where the people like they dated through a pod and then they got married or they got engaged to the person without ever having seen them. And um, it's kind of a similar situation where like one girl's played out to be the victim, but they did this after the altar special. And um, you really see the guy that was like painted as the hero and the sweet guy ends up being just a, I was going to call it a D bag, but I'm not going to say the actual word, but just not, not very nice. As you can tell folks, Christine is a huge fan of that show. (laughs) But all of the, all of this to say that, you know, when we watch TV, it's not always the reality. And it's been really nice to get to know from even from a social media perspective, just what a wonderful person Luke is. And we're so happy for him to have found happiness. Right, Chris? Oh, that's very sweet. Look at all lovey-dovey on the show today. All right. So we're going to turn this around a little bit today. For Uh-oh. The, the next clip we have comes from episode 43 and we had chris gordon now chris gordon was just a regular guy one day when just so happened something horrible happened to him he got that flesh-eating bacteria called necrotizing fasciitis thank you for saying that you're welcome i can't pronounce that (laughs) but he got that at his house way worse than covid kids and here's his clip do it let's roll the dice did they give you any kind of pain meds or something Yes, yes. Um, one of them was called ketamine, and to uh, quote, um, to quote uh, Happy Gilmore, it's the devil, Mama. <laughs> really? Um, it. I mean, it does a really good job of uh, taking away the pain, but also uh, gave me um, awful hallucinations. Oh wow! So you're wow. on a trip then. Yes, and so I barely remember talking to the surgeon, and I had a very 
optimistic, let's go get them attitude, which he wasn't really used to coming from uh, 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 patients in my set, uh, setting. They, they usually are more worried, usually crying, usually scared for their lives. And I was quite the opposite. Well, but to your defense, you didn't know exactly what you were dealing with other than your arm is really swollen, you had right. a really bad cut, and you have sepsis, and you're having surgery for, did you even know what it was for? No. Uh, and uh, I, might, I can't remember if he told me uh, during that time. I definitely learned afterwards, though. Right. Now, did they ever, did they ever knock you out at this point? Uh, yes. Uh, I was in I was in a coma for four almost five days. Was what that, was that medically induced or that happened on its own? That was yeah, that was medically induced for the surgeries. Yeah. No, wait, you just said surgeries plural. So yes. so you didn't just have one. No 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 no. I, they first had to go in and uh, take away all of the infected tissue. Basically, they filleted me like a fish. Oh wow. Um. Every uh, all all the way from the back of my hand up to the uh, base of my neck. Ugh. Ow. Um. Yeah. And and as my wife uh, would later tell me, they were measuring the uh, extent of the um, infection with a marker, and by the time that the infection reached my neck and they had drawn that line at the base of my neck my wife left the room oh my that goodness. was too much for her yeah i, w- I would be too it, wow wow so so backtrack a little bit when they say infection have the, at that point did they diagnose what it really was yes uh they knew it was necrotizing fasciitis which means flesh eating bacteria what from your garage from my garage wall it's a uh, it's a group A strep, which is short for streptococcus. And the strand I had was called streptococcus perogenes. Oh, my and gosh. It, yes. And so uh, my strep had been around uh, our family for the past uh, couple weeks. And so that's basically what caused this. Like strep throat? Yes. Just a different strain? Yes. But what's it doing on your garage door? Just hanging out, waiting for someone to scratch their stupid hand on it. So one thing that struck me from the very beginning when we interviewed Chris, and then since then, as I've continued to follow, Chris Gordon continued to follow his journey, is just the amount of resilience and positivity he has. Oh, he's a great guy. He's actually a marathon runner and a runner, and he still runs to this day. He had a podcast. I'm not sure if he's still doing it, but he's yeah, still... Yeah, and still- he's been interviewed on all different kinds of podcasts. He's a keynote speaker, a motivational speaker. He's keeping busy. Oh, what a great guy. Chris, uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your incredible story. Uh, wow, it's going to be really rough to go through those things. I mean... But then overcoming it and still maintaining like joy and... Positivity. Positivity and light. That's probably what it is, too. When you come out of something like that, you probably are really thankful for a lot of things, and it mm-hmm. brings so much joy to your life. Like, everything brings you joy yeah. at that point. You're not so much a grumpy butt so much. I, imagine. I would think. Well, I, would think. I don't know. You've gone through a bunch of stuff, and you're still... Hey, now. Hey. So, uh, Chris Gordon, you can come and uh, teach Chris with a K some positivity lessons. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of positivity, you know, yes. we are featured on Apple uh, Podcasts. We're not one of the yeah, featured. Woo-hoo. 
So on Apple, in the Apple Podcast Player, you can leave reviews for people to for different podcasts, ones that you like, and some we, that you would rather not like. <laughs> yes, I think you can do that too. But we have a, printed out a small list of some of the reviews that we got on the Chris and Christine show. Okay, but I have a question. Are there any reviews that you brought on here that gave us like half a star or zero stars and said, don't quit your Let day job? Let me look. Let <laughs> me look. Let me see here. Oh, this one comes in from Joe Blow. Uh, Blow Joe Blow <laughs> says, uh, you guys are wonderful. Huh. Oh, that's so nice. But nobody is like, don't quit your day job or worst podcast I've ever heard. No, but seriously, here, here, here are a list of some of the reviews. One review, we're not going to mention who these reviews are. We're just going to say that the reviews are. So the first one says, what an awesome show with two amazing hosts who keep up the energy flowing with their great humor and engaging interactive style. I love it. Oh, the humor must have been because of me because I'm so funny. That's right. Uh, next one. the um, These hosts care about their guests and it shows. Great questions, rich dialogue, interesting conversations. Great job, Chris and Christine. Oh, fantastic. The next clip, I, uh, next one I have here says, uh, this podcast has incredibly high production value, Ooh. rivaling top-notch syndicated radio shows. Ooh. If you like conversations, Conversation about various topics between two hosts with great chemistry. Give this show a try. Okay, tell the truth. Did you write that? No, I did not. <laughs> I did <laughs> not write it. That's like that's like speaking your love language. You're you look like you're about to cry right now because you're so touched by that. One. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, next one that I loved said from my very first listen. I thought I love these people. You're so well balanced, and your light comes through so bright. Keep it up. Oh, that's great. And the next clip I have, or the next uh, review I have, is the Chris and Christine Show is a wonderful, positive podcast. Both hosts have energy on par with any television host and offer lots of great advice on relationships, gratitude, and how to navigate our modern, ever-changing world. They That they do this, that make it sound effortless. It really is something. Definitely subscribe and get to know this great show. Oh, that's so cute. And then our last review that we're going to share, there's plenty more. But this one says, this is a really cute family show. You get drawn into this family and they all just really have fun. Oh, they just really have a fun way of interacting. It's worth a listen for sure. And with that, just a reminder that we would love for you to hop on over to Apple and review us, leave some comments, not just the stars. We love to read your comments. And I think that Chris tapes them up to the bathroom mirror and reads them in the morning. It's my positivity. <laughs> it's like my little note. You know those little positivity posters the affirmations. they have? It's yeah. your daily affirmations. Yes. I'm a really great producer. I'm really funny. Yes, thank you, thank you so much. Hey, speaking of podcasting, there's one podcaster that's been doing it for a very, podcaster. very you said that you I podcaster. Know. Yeah, make fun of me now. Come on now. So uh, this podcaster, we've had a chance to have this great podcaster on our show. He actually teaches podcasting to people, and he's been on a gazillion different shows, and he's uh, been doing it for like 16, 17 years from like the very beginning. And he was so nice to get this wonderful podcaster, Dave Jackson, on the show with us. And it was episode 48. So here's episode 48, a clip of that with Dave Jackson. So for our listeners that are tuning in, if you haven't figured out, Chris is a huge fan, and so am I, of Dave Jackson and his work. And I'll tell you, Dave, how I came to know a bit more about you, because Chris was consistently talking about School of Podcasting, is you happened to send us a link to an episode about... Um, being successful in marriage after divorce. And so can you tell us a little bit about your background as it relates to marriage and divorce? 
Yeah, marriage and divorce was, it sounds like it's my hobby, but I was, uh, <laughs> I've been married twice, I've been divorced twice, and if you can, if I'm good at anything, I'm good at having friendly divorces, <laughs> but my, uh, yeah, my, my first marriage lasted, I was with her for 15 years, we dated for five years, we were married for 10, and unfortunately, we spent ourselves into bankruptcy trying to have a kid, because she had some some issues. She had one ovary, which I knew when I married her and a couple other things. And it just, finally a doctor looked at us because we had just, we were putting uh, fertility treatments on credit card. Wow. Uh, is that, is I, that expensive? That, oh, it's, it's thousands of dollars. And it was every time we did it, I'm like, this is really a bad idea. Like this is, <laughs> we really shouldn't do this. But you know, when your wife is crying and wants a baby and so do you. Oh yeah. And, and so finally this one doctor looked at us and just said, I, I hate to like, you guys can't conceive like, you know, it was either that there was like one other uh, sort of treatment that was like 10 grand a pop and we couldn't even, you know, sniff that. So, uh, so when that happened, unfortunately, because we were so far in debt, I took a different position at my job that had me travel. And looking back, I go, oh, that was the dumbest move ever. Right when my wife really, really needed me, I took off, you know, I'd be home, like I'd be home maybe four days and then I'd be gone for three and I'd be home for four, you know? So I wasn't gone all the time, but I, I should have been there. And so looking back, I can go, yeah, okay. There was mistake number one. And unfortunately, uh, she became an alcoholic. She had that in her family and all sorts oh, of no. other things ensued. Yeah. So that was, that was, uh, marriage number one. And it just came to the point when we, when we got bankrupt, it was a matter of how are we going to save the house? And that's when she admitted she had cheated on me. And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's enough wow. of that. So. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I'm sorry, man. That's that's horrible. Well, it's it's fine. I talked to her last week. You know, we're we're still friends. Um, you know, it's it's just one of those things where we we both kind of look back and go, "Wow, we just got dealt a really bad hand in a way." And it's like so. And I'm really happy she's got a, a guy that treats her great. And I'm like, that's awesome. My second marriage, uh, I think we both kind of married the idea and not the person. And by that, I mean, wow, here's somebody that uh, both of us wanted somebody who goes to church and, and shares their faith. And for me, I was like, oh my gosh, and she has kids. Cause I, again, I wanted to have kids, never right. had the chance. This'll be fun. And I think we got kind of just tied up in the idea of like, wow, this person is awesome. And one of those, t- it's funny because she later admitted, she goes, you know, I didn't realize I was doing this, but I think I bullied you into marrying me. And I go, really? Yeah, well, here's why. Because we, she lived in Cleveland and I lived in Akron, which is about an hour apart. So it was this long distance thing. And I had to go back to school because, again, the sales guys went bad. I lost my job and I went back to school to get a teaching degree because my original degree was in electronic engineering. I'd kind of just fallen into training. And so it's really easy to get along with someone when you only see them on the weekend. And I always <laughs> said, yeah. yeah. And I always said, I said, hey, um, you know, when I graduate, I need to like move to Cleveland and we need to like date kind of normal mm-hmm. and make sure we can get along. And that turned into, you need to put a ring on it uh, or I'm leaving. So right there, if somebody does that to Ooh. you, that's a pretty red flag. So I was like, okay, you know, uh, and, and then that turned into, I want to get uh, married like two weeks after you graduate and just all sorts of other things. And so once we did get married and everything was like, if I just do this, she'll, she'll, she'll be happy and I can focus on, you know, graduating. And it just was one of those things once we got married and started spending, you know, 24 seven with each other, you're like, Oh, wow. There's a lot about you that I didn't quite realize. So we, to our credit, I think we were in and out of counseling for about eight years and we had been separated twice. 
And it was just a case where uh, the one day she said, I think we should be separated again. And I said, well, I said, I'm willing to do whatever you want to do. I said, if we want to go back to counseling, that's fine. I said, just realize it's going to take both of us and it's going to take everything we have to really make this work. Well, according to her, that insinuated that she wasn't pulling her weight. And I was like, just stating, I'm like, no, we both need to do that. And she said, or we could just get divorced. And I went, you know what? I'm at this point, I'm down for that. So, oh, um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the end of that. And I was kind of bummed because I had spent at that point eight years. Wow, that was a big interview for us, wasn't it? Oh, gosh. I listen to Dave's show like every single week, and he's on a few other shows. And all the podcasting tricks that I have used to create this fantastic show, I kind of learned or copied from Dave what he's been talking about and things like right. that. So he kind of dives into more of the technical stuff. He does a lot of the other but stuff. But we got the story behind the man in our episode, and I really loved that. And we really connected with Dave, and we've had like a, I would say, a friendship as friendshipy as you can be from a distance but he's a good a big supporter of our show and gives us shout outs and i just love that and he's just such a kind person it's been so great oh that's fantastic and speaking of podcasting you know i first started listening to podcasts probably 2009 maybe i think there wasn't a lot of podcasts back then maybe a a few a handful of them and stuff like that so when i actually got a chance to reach out to the very first podcaster that I ever listened to back in 2009, Jonathan Strickland. Ooh. He was from the How Stuff Works group of podcasts. I think he was on the Tech Stuff show. Right. And he, I think he still does that show today, but don't quote me on that. But we had a chance to have Jonathan Strickland, the very first podcaster that I ever listened to on our show. And here's it was um, episode 54. And here he is quasi-therapy we talk through things on the show yeah we didn't think that anything would happen of it like well, i got started i'm like okay it just do this for fun let's just play with this like a new toy let's just play with it and then uh people responded they seemed to like it so i don't know <laughs> who knows but it's going along with what you're saying that you don't know what the reach is or the impact is and whenever you're talking about something that it could inspire somebody to do something unique and different with their life so thank you Oh, well, thank you. I mean, that's one of the goals I always have in my show is that I tell people, yeah, it's a show about technology, but really when you peel back the layers and you look at the underlying philosophy beneath all the tech talk, it's really a show that emphasizes compassion and critical thinking. Those are like the two things I really want listeners to walk away taking as important that the the tech stories are really interesting, but by applying compassion and critical thinking, then you can really dissect what's important in these stories. And you can see how things went wrong in the stories that uh, where things go wrong. And you can see how things went right in the stories where things went right. And you can also kind of navigate somewhat tricky waters. I mean, technology and marketing are so closely tied together Mm -hmm. that often it can be difficult to separate a real message from, you know, catering to wishful thinking. So having that sort of feedback of someone saying, hey, yeah, this this matters a lot. I mean, it, it at least tells me that I'm doing the right thing. You definitely are. And we are excited to learn more about you on this show. And it sounds like you've been in the podcasting space for a good number of years. But let's talk about what happened in your life to lead you up to that. What's a little bit of your backstory? Oh, boy, settle in. Uh, (laughs) Just to set up the ridiculousness of my career path. uh, In college, 
I majored in English literature with a particular focus on medieval and Renaissance lit and a, uh, an extra focus on Shakespeare. So if you want me to bust out any Shakespeare, uh, just Go ahead, tell me. please, 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 please. Really? Yes. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. My lesion, madam, to expostulate what majesty should be, what duty is, why day is day, night, night, and time is time, were to nothing but to waste night, day, and time. Therefore, since brevity is the soul of wit and tediousness, the limbs and outward flourishes, I will be brief. Your noble son is mad, mad calling it, for to define true madness, what is it to be nothing else but mad? But let that go. Whoa, that was Very a mouthful. Very nice. Very nice. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. awesome. That would and be, what was uh, that from? That would be uh, a little a little show called Hamlet. Oh, uh, I've I was, heard of that. that was, yeah, yeah. That was Polonius, who who thinks he knows why Hamlet's acting crazy, and he is almost one hundred percent wrong. Ha. I was going to say, when he said Hamlet, I was like, Hamilton! And then I was like, wrong era. (laughs) Oh, not Shakespeare after all. No, but that was really fun having him on the show. And um, it's so interesting. I was talking with somebody about podcasting, and they mentioned his name. And I was like, oh, hey, I've met him on my podcast. And they're like, you have? What what's he like? I'm like, well, I mean, like I virtually met him like through Clean Feed. <laughs> well, actually, no, no, he we flew him into the studio. Uh, <laughs> we're talking about first class. That's how I we know. do it around yeah, here. Yeah, we're because we're a big deal. So the next guest we have here on our list of guests for all our episodes comes from episode 62, and that was when we had a comedian slash actress Tara Jean O'Brien. Ooh. So you had this great career in production, but I see on your your fabulous bio and resume that you also are a writer and you've had some mm-hmm. pretty fantastic experiences there too. Yeah. I mean, I don't sleep, guys. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> just kidding. No, um, yeah. So I, I've always been, I've always written. Um, I think I've done stand up for the last like six, seven years. And I've, I've always been a, like a comedy writer and I uh, wrote for The Onion for a while which was amazing. And uh, some of the funniest effing people in this, this world write for the onion. And it's just, it's amazing. Like one of the things I got to see is sort of like, like there's twice a week pitches and you sort of see what other people are pitching. And it's just, you're just like, man, these are funny people that are smart, like funny, smart people. So, so that was cool. explain to Chris what the onion is. Cause he was reading an article a few weeks ago and he <laughs> legitimately thought that it was real. I forget what I forgot what it was. I'm like, hey, honey, did you check this out? Did you, did you know? Did you know that? Um, I forget what it was. It was it was it sounded like it could have been true. So, uh, but it was like off the wall. I forget what it was though. But he was like, it's written down, so it's got to be real. It's on the internet. <laughs> it's on the internet. It's on this oh. legit website. Chris, I feel like we have to start over with you. I mean, <laughs> not everything on the internet is true. Get out of here. <laughs> he thinks Wikipedia is the most reliable source. It is. <laughs> it is. It's a pedia. <laughs> it's just the name. <laughs> uh, I can't even with Chris. you. You're so lucky it's your birthday. Um, you know, I was also told one at one point in my life, you're so lucky you're cute. So. <laughs> <laughs> that too. I didn't want to say it. But yeah. Yes. Uh, I mean, essentially, The Onion is just, it's a satire magazine. Like, that's what you would call it. It used to be actually physically printed. I don't know if you remember, like, it would be just like the LA Weekly or like any of the like weekly mags for any city. But yeah, so like one of the things like what like the one you probably saw is they do just headlines, like funny headlines and topical or evergreen. And um, it's meant to it is meant to seem like it's real because it's like funny satire. So, yeah, yeah I, I saw the post. I think it was either on Twitter or Instagram. And it was 
I forget who posted it and where it came from, but I saw it and I was like, what are they talking about? Because I get, I get most of my news from social media, for sure. most part, like Twitter and like Instagram and things like that. And I see, what's this headline? And as I saw that, I, I kind of like, like, what? What is this about? But I, I wish I could remember what it was, but it was something crazy like – like Trump, Trump cut his leg off in, a, in, a, in a, I don't know, an accident at the White House. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's about right. That's about right. Yeah. And I was like, wait a second. Oh. Now, yeah. I also saw that you're a contributing writer to one of my absolute favorite things on the face of the planet, and it's summycards.com. Oh, really? That's oh, awesome. my gosh. I have like this little book that one of my coworkers <laughs> bought for me, <laughs> and they're completely sarcastic and about women in the workplace. Yes. I die. I die every time one of those pops up anywhere. So what is that like writing for some e-cards? Hey there, K2 crew. We love having you as our loyal listeners. To keep up to date with what's happening behind the scenes, check us out on social media. Yeah, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter. And don't forget to follow our Facebook page. Yeah, tag us in your favorite fun stories. And guess what? You might just end up on the show. Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Do you feel like you're stuck in that dinner rut? You know, like, what do you want for dinner? I don't know. What do you want for dinner? Well, with HelloFresh, you get fresh pre-measured ingredients with mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip all those lines at the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. You can now enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less with 25 recipes to choose from each week. There's something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. Some of those recipes are chicken and biscuit pot pie with carrots, celery, and fresh thyme, figgy balsamic pork cutlets with roasted green beans and rosemary potatoes, lemon cream chicken cutlets plus dilly potatoes and green beans, and taqueria pork bowls, which is a takeout favorite, with corn esquites, sour cream, and cilantro. Go to the link in our show notes to get $80 off, including free shipping on HelloFresh, the number one meal kit. Well, I loved listening to those first seven clips from our past shows, Blast from the Past, and I think that we have a little bit more fun in store, right? We're only at the halfway point of these fantastic guests we have in store for you for this 100th episode, which is a spectacular milestone by any means to hit Mm -hmm. 100 100 of anything. You think about it, 100 pennies equal a dollar. Right. And $100 equals a $100 bill. (laughs) Okay, that was very deep, Chris. And so we have our next clip that is coming up is from a music singer, a country music star. We not only did we get to chat with him and learn about his backstory, but we also got to hear some of his debut music that he was producing. Well, that he was not producing, but that he was creating. What do you even say if they're an artist? Because somebody else produces it. Well, I think you're going too technical on all that I know, stuff. But, but. but his musical, breaking out his debut, I'm tripping over my words, but he wasn't. And so we're going to hear from episode 71, Jake Parr. I love it. There you go. That's what I have, Ford F-150, brand new. Love nice. that thing. She saved my life last year. I had a big, uh, big rollover uh, crash. Wasn't yeah. my fault, but uh, did save my life. <laughs> oh, the airbags went off? 
Oh yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I flipped up pretty good. Wow. Well, see, I, I knew it. I had this picture of the country music singer, sometimes wearing boots, but always in his truck. Oh yeah. I got a truck with an American flag hanging off the back and, uh, I got boots and my guitars in the back seat always. Oh, you are doubling <laughs> down. <huh? laughs> but also my surfboards are back there in the tailgate. So yeah. it's kind of a, it's kind of weird. Well, I grew up in a small town in Central California. I took Chris there recently, and there's a lot of farms around there. And Chris would ask me, well, like, what did you guys do in the evenings growing up? And I said, well, we would, like, go out into the orchards and have bonfires and, like, hang out and dance because it was, like, the thing to do. Um, And I think that your upcoming song has a little bit of something to do with that. Not necessarily out in the trees, but let's take a minute and listen to Barn Dance. But tell us about it first. Yeah. Uh, What town were you from, by the way? Uh, Kingsburg in Central California. Okay. So you've heard of Turlock. Yes, of course. I spent a lot of time in Turlock doing exactly what you just said. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, exactly. It's small town, uh, rural life. <laughs> yep. That's kind of what Barn Dance is about. Um, my friend has a farm actually in the town called Camarillo um, where we filmed a music video for this song for Barn Dance. Basically a recreation of what we do all the time. Um, he's got, what does he plant? Onions, lemons, all the, the big crops in the front yard. And in the back, he's got this huge barn with a dance floor in it. And when Borderline, our local country bar, actually, there was a pretty bad shooting there um, a few years ago. And since then, the bar has been closed. So we wanted something to do. So we would go to his house and we would go line dancing. And that's kind of where I came up with the concept or we came up with the concept of this song uh, was just go out and, and dance. And uh, so that's what we do. We go to Dom's house. We we grill some burgers and we line dance. And that was and it's in a barn in a field. <laughs> it's, ba- it's back in the country as far as you could be from Southern California, I guess you could say. <laughs> well, that is, that is fantastic. And here it is for you live, Barn Dance by Jake Parr. I really loved Jake Parr's music. Oh, he was so upbeat. He was so fun to have on the show. And his music, like Christine said, was just so great. If you like country music, it's pretty good. And if you don't like country music, it's actually pretty good, I yeah. think. Yeah, and we actually got to interview a couple episodes later his mom, who is a CEO of her own company. And so they just must be quite the family. Who knew they were even related? I, I know. know. <laughs> but that was a, a fantastic interview. Thanks for sharing that one with us. And who do we have up next? Chris. Oh, uh, next we have from episode 74, Dr. Brown. Not Doc Brown from, uh, you know, Back to the Future. Yeah, but, but uh, Dr. Adolph Brown, who was just, gosh, I loved, I mean, I keep saying that, but I love all of our guests and that I loved the thought provoking conversation that we had. And, you know, I'm kind of a nerd, a brainiac. And anytime that we can talk about stuff that helps stimulate my brain, I just get very excited. Yeah. Dr. Adolph Brown was all about the power of empathy. And did you learn anything? Yes, I did, baby. (laughs) You can can learn things too if you check out episode 74. But here is a clip from Dr. Adolph Brown. So I wanted to 
walk back just a couple of steps as you were talking uh, a few minutes ago when I asked you about empathy and you mentioned um, about empathy related to um, a police officer and a black man that might be having an interaction. And what I was wondering is if that digging deep um, into yourself to try and connect with another person, if you can't find similar feelings to empathize, what happens? Wow, that's an excellent question. If you can't find those similar feelings, then that distance, that that bridge continues to exist. The problem with that is the bridge doesn't stay the same. The brain is at work and the, the brain actually will make decisions for us long before we actually think we actively do it. And mm-hmm. the, the gap actually widens. So I, I would really wish that we taught neuroscience, just parts of neuroscience in public education, private settings, that any orientation that you would have for a job, you would just understand, people would understand that the brain doesn't help us to think. Right. The brain was actually, you know, it helps us to make quick decisions and it helps us to be efficient. So, you know, I tell people all the time, don't believe everything you think. So, the, you know, and that bias, when I talk about bias, mm-hmm. that's just basically the brain teaching us without our permission, but then the brain doesn't like to be wrong. So if you've ever had a debate with someone and it doesn't seem like they're understanding anything you're saying, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it, it's because the brain is actually looking for confirmation bias. It's looking for evidence and what you're saying that already supports what they think they know. So it really so to to, to be get beyond that you got to be purposeful you got to be intentional and you got to be present. So this whole conversation is like inter interconnected because it's difficult to be present when you have trauma and you're carrying baggage. It's difficult to close the empathy gap uh, when you don't know neuroscience. All so right. It's, so it's 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 circular, but it's all about learning and critical thinking. And you know I think. With, with regards to critical thinking, if my definition is being able to separate your emotions from your thinking, and I don't believe I've watched a television um, newscast in the last year where I've seen that. Oh, really? I loved talking with Doc Brown, and I think that as he was talking about empathy, it helped us to to both understand having empathy a little bit differently. Absolutely. He was great. Yeah, he absolutely was. And uh, our next clip is a person that's very near and dear to my heart. Who is it? Who is it? Who is it? And not just you, but it's episode 76 and it's my Zeke and it's our Valentine's Day episode. And so would you, I miss him so much. He's been FaceTiming me the last few days. I haven't seen him since last weekend and I would love to hear my little guy's voice. The Back to the Future car. You could do that in the Grand Theft Auto? I bought it. It's called the Deluxe or the DeLorean. You can buy it. Oh, that, I was huh? going to say, I thought that the Back to the Future car was the, wasn't it called like the Millennium Falcon? No, honey, gosh. Millennium, what? The Millennium Falcon. Back to, no, it's not. The Millennium Falcon was in Star Wars. Oh, what is it called in Back to the Future? It the was DeLorean. The-, the DeLorean? Huh? The DeLorean. The DeLorean. The DeLorean. The DeLorean okay. is actually the car. That the car, the Back to the Future car, is actually right. is. It's All right. Basically, it's called no a need to, No need to nerd out. All okay. right. So, anyways, we want to cut to the punch here, Zeke. So, do you, we don't need to know her name, but do you have a Valentine? Ah. I can't hear you. What? Next question. Oh. 
Okay, Ezekiel, listen. This is going out to millions of fans right now. Millions of people across the world. They want to know. Is Ezekiel. So Actually, yes. it's the opposite. It's it's only just us listening right now. <laughs> okay, don't worry. Yes. Like, wait, wait. So is this Sarah? No. <laughs> okay. So what She's about- a Republican. I'm okay, a okay, okay. We're not talking politics. What happened to Sarah? We got into a big fight. About what? De- uh, about... Biden, my favorite president. Oh, so politics. Yep. Politics can interfere with relationships. And it can interfere with, po- with podcasts, too. So we try to steer clear of, po- of uh, politics, politics yeah. and religion. So we're just going to stick it with love. So let's stick it to love only, Ezekiel. So did you and Sarah ever go on a date? No. Oh, you guys never went out? I think I just went on a date somewhere. No, no. Zeke did deliver a very nice gift to her. Next question, please. I thought they went out somewhere. All right. All right. We're going to pause because Ezekiel is getting a little embarrassed and we don't want to put him on the spot. Chris has asked a million questions. Oh, that's what I do next best. Next question. Next question. Okay. okay. He's asking okay. the next question. Okay. No, okay. I'm going to transition for a few minutes because I want to talk about love. We've asked Zeke about. Uh, and his- yes, I do have a Valentine. Okay. All right. Uh, hey, while Z- he's sharing, I, I th- what's her name? I. Are you seriously you? Okay, fine. Let me call her. No, no we're not no. podcasting right now. I will call you, call her or whatever. But I want to know is I Zeke told me the story in the car about ten minutes ago, and he was telling me the story about how he actually met her, this girl. <gasps> yeah, he that that's you. a whole lie. The story. And and can I tell it? Can I can I say how you can you kind of tell it? Or you want to yeah, tell but it? everything that you just said that I just told you was a lie. Okay, well, according to Zeke here. Okay, the story according to Zeke. Okay, so he was Zeke. rapping on a big stage no, in no, Nashville. No. Okay, <laughs> okay, go ahead. This is what he told me. He said that the Gem Boy Show they have their own Instagram account, right? And, uh-huh. and their own podcast. It's uh, and she found my actual main account. So they, so she is actually a Gem Boys fan. What? And she found the Gem Boy Show, and she lives in Tennessee. And she started messaging him on Instagram. Then through- we went on to this site where you could talk to random people called Omegle. Okay, you, I don't want to hear that you're going on to random sites or you're going to get your internet shut off on there your you, Yes, definitely. Underage you. Yeah, no. So, um, I, did, I did it. Okay. <laughs> so anyways, this girl messaged him on, on Instagram, I guess, or something, and starts talking to him. So this girl lives in Tennessee. And she's a fan of Ezekiel and his Gem Boy show. And so- what city does she live in in Tennessee? Nashville. <gasps> she told me today. Okay. Well, uh, he ended up talking with that that young lady for quite a number of oh, weeks. Oh, are they engaged now? Oh, come on now. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was a, just an interesting dynamic. And, you know, he's getting so grown up and he's 6'3 now and deep voiced. And so when I hear his little voice, even just from, you know, a few months ago, he just sounds completely different. Oh. But from pre-pandemic to post-pandemic Zeke, he's gone from being like, Five seven or five eight, and still like looking kind of more like a little boy to now being this giant who calls me shorty and who has a deep <laughs> voice and is in his junior year. And I just love, I just love my little guy so oh, much. Oh, I know you miss him because he's not here with us this I know, week. So make me cry. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. Well, so our next fabulous clip we have comes from episode seventy nine. Now, in episode seventy nine, that was a very first time that we actually got to talk to somebody 
way, way far away in the great out of out of the continental like North America. Somebody from across the pond in England or the UK. Is it England or UK? What do you call it? Well, England is the country. The UK is what it's part of. Oh, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. So we got to talk to Rory Smith, who was a reporter mm-hmm. in the UK, and here is his interview right now. I didn't care, <laughs> and they said. You're one to keep. Oh, congratulations. That's fantastic. Now, I am trying to wrap my head around this. What's the equivalent of 50 pence? Like, I I don't know the exchange rates. Is it? Oh, that's a good question. Okay. I'm going to have to look it up. Chris, you asked the next question. Now I'm curious. (laughs) Okay. Well, so they hired you on. And then then after that, uh, how long Mm -hmm. were you there? So I was there um, in total just short of four years. So from there, I, I, I got a job as a freelance researcher, um, a, a freelance runner. Um, and then from there, I got full-time employment as a researcher. I worked in the interactive team, which was looking at all of the social media comments coming through. I worked in the features team, which was making videos. I worked in the fashion teams. I worked in the makeup teams. I worked in the travel teams. I booked the cars. And then I became an assistant producer. And then I, I eventually got to produce the show. Um, and then I became a news journalist on the show as well. So I sort of worked myself up through the ranks. And I stayed there um, up to four years. Yeah, I was just short of four years. Oh, wow. Wow, fantastic. So, so you're actually on air broadcasting too? Like actually in front of camera? No, not in that show. So I left there uh, about two years ago. Um, 2018 was when I first left. And then I went back for a few freelance shifts until 2019. Uh, So I officially left in January 2020. So um, I'm not working there anymore. So then what did you decide to break away from that position to do? It seems like I know we you have a YouTube channel, but what came in January 2020 that was like the, I'm going to go out and be this freelancer on my own? Mm, that's a really good question as well. Um, for me, I've always wanted to be a broadcaster. That's the only thing that I've ever wanted to do. And I think, you know, in sharing this story, um, the way that I have and got to the stage where I'm at now in it, it sort of happened like that. It happened really, really fast. And before I knew it, I just woke up and I was a producer and I, you know, climbed the ladder very quickly through hard work and determination and ambition. And I sort of woke up and went, hang on, I've I've never wanted to be a producer. I on earth. Why am I sitting in a seat producing the hosts of the show? I want to be in those those chairs. I want to be the host. And I've always wanted to be the host. I've always wanted to be a broadcaster. I've always wanted to listen to people's stories, which you know we'll probably talk about later. Um but for me, I sort of one thing led to another and you know you were earning the money and um, you were enjoying the time that you were there, uh, you know, in the office and you were getting all of these experiences and learning, learning your craft from all of these different angles. So you didn't have time to sort of get back to your dream. And it was only in 2019 that I said, do you know what, I need to get back to broadcasting. And the reason why I left sort of I always say that I left twice is because when I left in 2019, I had a year where I was freelancing, so I was going back to earn money on the news desk. 
Um, but I was still pursuing my broadcasting ambitions in front of the screen. And I got, you know, I got a few reporter jobs. I was working on BBC One um, a couple of times for this Saturday morning. It's an iconic Saturday morning show over here. And it was really, really good. But I was still earning the money in the offices. But I said, do you know what? If I'm, if I'm really determined to do this, if I'm really going to make this work, I just need to cut all ties with office work and I really need to focus. So after a year of freelancing in 2019, then going back to the offices, that was when in 2020 in January, I says, right, that's it. I am a broadcaster. I am not a producer. I am not a news desk journalist. I need to focus solely on being in front of the camera. Well, good on you, buddy. That's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. It was a risk, but you know, I really hope it'll pay off. You know, that was fantastic having Rory Smith all the way from the UK coming to us live to be on the show. I he, know, that was he so was fun. He was great. And he's actually one of our biggest fans. Oh, I of love the show. that. I, I love know. that so much. He's just so kind and generous. And it's always lovely to meet new people. And it's also lovely to hear from you guys to figure out what we should do for our podcast. Not just you guys, but all of y'all, you, you folks. You gals. You folks. All inclusive, I should folks. say. So, we got some feedback from you to describe what we should possibly incorporate into the podcast as suggestions. Right. But I have to say something because you all have come to know Chris very well through this show. And since we did the positive reviews that were bright and shining and so positive, we couldn't just leave it at positive. Chris has to say, what's the negative? Give me the bad feedback. I want to get better, Mr. Grump, grump. Well, I think it's always good to have uh, <laughs> feedback that you should embrace. Continuously improve. That's right. I always, just like sunshine and roses. I do too, but I always like improving and reinventing the wheel. You know what I'm saying? Well, don't reinvent the wheel. <laughs> Be, you know, create a new wheel. Okay. Right? Yes. Fantastic. Okay. Well, let, let's see. What are some of the things? Now, first of all, what's the source of this data? This data. Is this like random people that just like message you on Instagram? Uh, no, those uh, are a different file for a different folder for different for a different day. <laughs> uh, this is actually came from our survey we did a while back. We did a podcast survey and we asked a bunch of questions. Whether you like the show, what do you like about the show? Did you actually get good data from that or did you just get spammers? I got about 10 to 20,000 responses <laughs> on there. How so, many were valid? Uh, about 20 or 25,000-ish. No. Or so. so I had to go through there and filter all of those out and weed out. You had to? Well, our data expert, Christine, <laughs> had to go through that. And, and then you didn't like how I sorted the data, so you had to do it yourself, right? Something like that. <laughs> so here is some of the, those responses on improvement. We had a question, how to improve the show. So one of them says, um, I hope there will be more dating shows in the future, and I hope you will be better and better. Okay, before we go into this, this one, I have to preface this by saying there are some really random comments that came through, and it, it was hard to figure out which ones were like actual feedback and so we hope that these are actual humans and not just robots uh, but the next one that i pulled as the one that i wanted to highlight is we got a comment that we should talk more about cars of course we do I, <laughs> you always talk about cars that's true i think i wrote that one actually i think about it. <laughs> that's my comment thank you well good okay the next one we have here is could you invite some sports experts as guests Oh, so if you are a sports expert or a coach of a major team, you are more than welcome to be on our, on our show. Also, if you are a sports player, say, hey, Tom Brady, what's up? You want to come <laughs> on our show? We are more than welcome for that, too. And another piece of feedback we got is you can add some more interactive programs to get the audience involved. And I really do like that because, you know, we'll say, 
uh, message us, DM us. Maybe we need to do more things. And I don't think it's just giveaways. I think it's like other ways that people can get involved with giving us input to get better. Right. And you always can reach us on our website and our uh, social media and all that fun Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. What is that website? It is www.chrisandchristineshow.com. And that is both spelled with the letter K for the name. Because we're fantastic. And the next thing, the listing I have on my list here, it just says uh, invite more celebrities. So if you are a celebrity and I... <laughs> And you're listening to the show. You're more than welcome to come on to the Chris and Christine show. We you would just love said to if have- you're a celebrity and if you're listening, it should be to all of those celebrities who are listening because we know we have thousands, that's, right, That's Chris? right. <laughs> Listen, we don't bite. Well, come on over. The water's warm. Come right in. It's yeah, great. We're not sharks. We're not going to tell all of your uh, secrets. But then the last piece of feedback is to uh, make it more entertaining. So what do you think about that, Chris? Do you think we're entertaining enough? I think I try to make it as entertaining as I possibly can make it. You know, I'm, I mean, uh, I do everything here producer-wise and design-wise for the show. I mean, Christine is the angel that shows up every Aww, week for thank the show. You. And uh, I get all of her stuff she wants. All of her green M&Ms are taken out of the bowl, of course. <laughs> and we have it put right here in her green room as she comes in. No, I just want red Skittles. That's all I want. Yes. And, I, and just <laughs> yellow gummy bears. It's not that much to ask. I know. I'm working on it. Our showrunner's working on it. And it needs to it. be 68.3 degrees, not 0.5. <laughs> I know. You fired. Poor Joe. You fired him because he was off a degree. <laughs> and then my flowers that were in the room. I asked for no sunflowers. And they gave me three sunflowers. And how? How dare them? I thought that you meant sunflower seeds. I told Joe. What the, <laughs> I don't know what you were talking about. But uh, that's been fantastic. We do love getting feedback from you all. And so please keep it coming. Okay. And for our next group of people, I do say people. This is the first time we actually had like a ton of people on the podcast at the same time. Right. We had like more than just two guests. Right. We had Mindy, Derek, and Chris, and Christine, and myself, Chris, here. All, all, all of the studio. Yeah, that was hard because it was like Chris and Chris. And so didn't we start calling him Money Chris? Yeah, I think so. This is from episode 81. And we were talking about COVID shots because the COVID shot kind of first came out. I was kind of upset that I didn't get a chance to get one. You mean the vaccine? I'm sorry. I call We call it the COVID shot. But the vaccine. Oh, va- myself. And okay. <laughs> you, yourself and you. <laughs> and we're going to hear from Mindy, Derek Duvall, and Money Chris. I was going to say, it feels, I feel like, you know, telling people, you know, I'm fully vaccinated feels like the new I'm single and ready to mingle, except for I'm not single, (laughs) but I am ready to mingle. (laughs) Right. Or the I voted sticker. Uh, I think I saw Derek posting his I got shot sticker. (laughs) I got shot sticker. (laughs) (laughs) I got shot. They just give those out of the hospital now or the emergency room. Um, have you, Chris, you, um, you read Urban Dictionary like I do. I know you do. Did you see the new word for the last week? Vax holes. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that, that's people like, who that's walk like, in the room, people who walk in the room like, oh, yes, but I am vaccinated means you're a vax hole. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, so then I'm, I guess I'm one of those because I have to travel in like a week and a half and I was actually thinking of wearing my uh, – I. I got shot or whatever it was stickers as I, got, I traveled. I got shots. It's, like, it's like I got shot in Tulsa and I, I here's the t-shirt. It's like Lord. We totally, you guys, seriously, we need to like patent this or trademark it and people will buy these up. We will be millionaires. Be like got shots That's and then have t-shirts. like, like I, syringes next to it. Right. Definitely. Pass yes. them out. Sell them or whatever on Amazon. 
No, no. <laughs> or some other reputable site. <laughs> you know, I heard, I heard Amazon's a fantastic place. You know, I, I heard it's great. That, uh, the uh, leader in chief, uh, what's his name? Bezos? He's a nice guy. No comments. Crickets. He's going to delete that section. Don't you guys worry. Uh, maybe. Trying to, trying to gaslight us. Yeah. Not, not, a, not a good thing. But. but they are opening a new facility down here in San Diego. They're opening up, I think, one big massive warehouse by the border where they're going to smuggle drugs into from the uh, border tunnels. Oh, my God. Oh, cool. That's pretty good. You know, <laughs> so they they're really expanding. Could. That's, that's Do you know what that's called? What's you that? know what that's called? Entrepreneurship. <laughs> It's called, uh, you know, differentiating your product. You know what supply, I was supply and demand, man. Supply. When and I used demand. to work down there by by the border, there all the warehouses. They'd have these. Uh, this one warehouse got popped. It was a big deal in the news because they had like a literally an underground tunnel. Like in the warehouse, they'd have like a, a hatch and they opened it up, and then down went to the tunnel into Mexico where they smuggled the drugs. Like trucks were always picking up, but they never dropped off. <laughs> <laughs> You are on a roll today. Let's uh, let's get back to vaccine talk. So you both have been, or all three of you have had both vaccines. Yeah, Did you Pfizer. Get, I was just going to ask Pfizer, Moderna, yeah. or the Johnson and Johnson. I got the Pfizer. What'd you get, Mindy? I got the Moderna. Okay. Chris? Why? Why'd you get something different? Because that's what my I work for a healthcare system, not in healthcare. I'm not a frontline person, but I work for a healthcare system, and that's what they had. So that is what I took. <laughs> okay. And then, Chris, I'm what team, did you get? I'm team Pfizer. Okay. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but after you get your vaccine, you kind of join a, a, a gang, basically, for, mm. um, <laughs> for that <laughs> vaccine. I, I, I got you. Well, you know, that was like almost a foreshadowing for what's happening now in California, where the California governor just came out like a week ago with a mandate that all school teachers, public school employees have to be vaccinated like they just have to be vaccinated or they have to go through, uh, I don't know if it's weekly, but I it's think regular. It's, daily. Is it not, daily? it's not daily COVID testing. It's like weekly, I think. Oh, wow. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah everybody... Maybe it's not weekly, but it's pretty quick. You know, I saw some funny meme today or was it yesterday about people saying that like, you know, they always say, I don't know what's in the COVID vaccine. I'm not taking it. I don't know what's in it. <laughs> but you think about hot dogs, what's in that, you know? Chicken nuggets. <laughs> chicken, yeah, chicken nuggets, um, some other stuff that you might, uh, or another lady posted. It was so uh, funny. I'm going to keep it PG if I can. But she's basically saying hooking up with a guy at a club <laughs> at night. You don't know what uh, is going What's in that person? <laughs> right. <laughs> I kept it PG because I knew which way you were going. So it is very true. But, you know, everybody um, has their different perspectives on it. But, yeah, it's definitely been an interesting conversation uh, locally, statewide, nationally around vaccines, vaccine status. And it was so fun to have three guests on the show. Plus us. It was like party five. Party city. Okay. And for our next clip, we have it from episode 82. And that was the great SP Stargate pioneer himself. He is a podcaster. He's got lots of podcasts. He actually does another podcast about podcasting. He loves sci-fi movies and movies. And he's actually a rocket scientist. Yeah, which is pretty awesome. We had a great conversation with him about so many interesting things that were mind-blowing. And we're going to hear from him now. Did you watch Friends? Friends? Like yeah, the, the, TV the TV show Friends. Yes, of course. Okay, so there was a movie called Lost in Space with Joey in it. <laughs> yeah, 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 I don't think it did very well. I don't think... I like no, it, though. I'll watch it that. It didn't, but yeah, I, I think she would like that. 
That's fun. Well, thanks for digressing onto a little movie recommendations for me, but we would love to learn more about you separate from your work. So tell us a little bit more about you in your personal life. Do you have a family? You mentioned kiddos. What's up? Yeah, I do have three kids. I have uh, a older daughter. She'll be 27 later on this year. I have a son who will be 25 and I have a daughter who is in college and she is, she'll be 19 this year. And she's the one that is going to have the puppy. And uh, oh. I didn't finish the story there. So she's in college right now. She lives in an apartment. Uh, she is going to be changing apartments from a couple of roommates to living alone. And that's why she wanted the dog because she did not want to be alone. And oh. she wanted the, the dog. And she does live a couple hours away. But during the summer, she's actually going to come home and live with me. And that means that I'm going to have a puppy for a couple of months. Yay, me. Yay. Do you have any other dogs right now? No. No. He said he didn't. Okay. So, okay. Oh, it's going to be okay. Fun. Fun Now, did you mention that you are going to get one of the, I was going to say therapy dogs, but the like assistance dogs? Yeah. To train over the next year? Or is that just something you've done in the past? Yeah. That is something I've done in the past. And I honestly have not been able to get over the loss of my last dog. So it's just Aww. going through that process. Maybe having this puppy in here will try to, uh, you know, kick Spark me in the butt. Joy. Yeah, yeah <laughs> maybe again, because those final months were really tough, really yeah. tough for me. Oh, sorry to hear and, that, man. Yeah, I grew up on a family that had a family farm and I didn't really realize it at the time, but I probably get my affinity towards these animals from my grandfather who we milked cows and had 120 head of cows, which is a lot for a family farm. And it just never dawned on me that he became so attached to some of these cows that when he had to send them off to the slaughterhouse or whatever, he'd be miserable for a couple of weeks. And I just, I, I just honestly, I, I didn't get it at the time, but uh, now I, I definitely do. And and he had to do that almost on a daily basis. And here I am just like, boo, boo, hoo with just one dog. You know? <laughs> now I heard too, to help you guys get through that, it was to not name the cows that help. Yes, they all had numbers. <laughs> they did not have names. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. If you start naming them, that, that's what I heard. Then it becomes really hard to, uh, you know, send them off that way. It's got to be rough. So, hey, SP, so it says here in my little notes, it says that your eldest daughter is getting married in October. Well, congratulations. Yes, she is getting married in October. She's been dating this guy for eight years. So, wow. uh, quote, years. it's about time, unquote, oh, sort wow. of thing. There was a ultimatum given and they went to go visit his parents over Christmas uh, who live in Arizona. They went to the Grand Canyon and this is, this is during COVID time. So I'm kind of impressed that they were able to pull this off. So they went to the Grand Canyon and he proposed to her in the Grand Aww, Canyon. That's so sweet. Did they go to the very bottom of the Grand Canyon? Well, they, they did one of the rim trails, so it was only a ta- oh, yeah. day trip. They just drove to the side and took one of the rim trails down. They, they were in the Grand Canyon for about six hours from what I heard. But Wow. Yeah. Okay. They, now, you said, though, that there was an ultimatum. How do you feel about that, that she had to give an ultimatum? And how do you feel about that, babe, giving ultimatums? Um, why are you looking at me like in an accusatory <laughs> way? I don't give you ultimatums. I only give I, you like 
ultramatum. Oh, what's that? Is there a difference? <laughs> um, he, yes, it's a very big difference because it includes stomping my feet and throwing a tantrum. Hold your breath. You ever hold your breath? No, I'm not doing I'm it. I'm not oh. breathing. It's out. <laughs> you take me to Target. Oh, <sighs> I've heard that, one. that at the same time. <sighs> I know. We've heard that one before. But this that was a fantastic clip. And we are going to come up to our very last clip of this 100th episode. And that is going to be with episode 89, who is Jessica Stone, a news reporter. And I loved this interview with her because she just gave us such a different understanding of what it's like to live the life of a reporter slash photojournalist, journalist, all of those things. It is from episode 80, uh, 89. Yeah. And here it is. And so I just think there's an appetite to make money because we've just seen this horrible thing happen to our country and it affected our economy. I think it's more than we realize affected our, our psych- psyche and our psychology. We're lonely, we're isolated, and we're not making the best decisions. <laughs> and we're very <laughs> divided politically. So, uh, you know, you're not even talking to people you might have talked to that might actually be able to talk some sense into you if they have a different political point of view. So going on that note with the political divide and with you being in journalism, so you got CNN is obviously very left and you got Fox is obviously very right. Is there is there kind of like what is Christie's looking at me kind of give me a funny look over there. But I'm saying that like how do when you when you are a journalist, are you kind of persuaded when you are working for one side or the other to like you you have to kind of lean a particular way? So this is where my generation will show itself more than my train and my training because I haven't been in a uh, I haven't been in school in 20 years but my generation of journalists was definitely taught that there were many sides to a story and that truth exists and I firmly believe that it does uh, and it's discoverable and you're not going to get all of it you'll get pieces of it but you'll you form the best picture that you can and you do that by listening to multiple voices and not going in with a pre- uh, pre-de- uh, a predetermined point of view. However, I'm starting to notice in younger journalists that they think that they are here to advocate for a position. They think they are here to advocate for a social justice position or particular uh, point of view on gender or race or um, religion or ethnicity. And I don't come from that training or that persuasion. And we are going to have a clash in our newsrooms with those ideologies competing with each other. Um, I, what has happened to news more broadly is certainly that the commercialization of news has caused news to take a position. And um, I've worked for Fox News. Their evening hosts take a position. They have news products that uh, don't take a position consistently or take a center-right position I would argue that um, that they spearheaded a lot of the opinion journalism on television. They basically took talk radio and put it on TV, and oh, it did wow. wildly. It was wildly successful. AM radio moved to TV. A lot of the hosts that they moved to TV are were right off radio. The Rush Limbaugh's that you know, Sean Hannity and Rush Limbaugh are, are the same generation of radio broadcasters. So. Um, and then, you know, everybody else had to react. One thing most people don't know is that MSNBC, remember, it's Microsoft NBC. That's what right. MSNBC means. Um, initially, was going to be a right of center broadcaster. Tried it. Couldn't. They wasn't getting viewers, so it went far left. CNN hmm, wow. used to be in the middle. Uh, Jeff Zucker from NBC 
took over, they decided they were not going to stay in the middle. And I think they arguably surrendered the only reason people were watching them, which was that they were supposed to be in the middle. That was fantastic. Yep, fantastically fascinating. It definitely was. And that wraps up all of our clips from some of our most memorable guests from our our first 100 episodes. So Chris, you know, now that we have hit this milestone and we've been so looking forward to it, what's next for the Chris and Christine show? Well, the Chris and Christine show is just going to get landing our new studio on the moon. Fantastic. And you know, it's a little bit of a commute, but we're still committed to getting an episode out to you every week. We're just going to take one for the team. And you know, I know Chris talks about being busy all the time, and this is just going to make him busier. So uh, are you driving us there in one of your trucks? Actually, we're going to use clean feed to remote broadcast. <laughs> oh, to the perfect. So perfect, because it's the new capabilities. And speaking of clean feed, um, we didn't get to actually have the creators of clean feed as guests on this show. We did on Podtastic Audio. But all of this wouldn't have been possible getting to 100 episodes if it wasn't for the brains behind Clean Feed, Mark and Mark, who we love dearly. This is not a sponsored post, but we just want to give a huge shout out to our buddies over at Clean Feed for making this dream of Chris's and mine be able to come to fruition with bringing so many fantastic guests from around the globe onto our show. Oh, that was well said, baby. Yeah. Without Clean Feed, none of this technology that we use for this podcast would be possible. Because how we connect all of our guests have come through Clean Feed. In fact, right now, we are recording this entire episode on Clean Feed live in real time. Yeah. On Clean Feed. So that's the thing is there's no like second takes on this one. You got the real deal. It's as close to live radio as you can get today on this 100th episode. And I'm really proud of us for being able to make it through, Chris. We did a great job. So air high five without hitting the mics. Ready? Pow. Thank you there so much. There we go. Much. Good job, babe, on getting us to 100 episodes. Oh, you are so welcome. You know, this has been a quite a crazy journey because if you remember, when we first started, I said, hey, babe, want to try podcasting? And you're like, I don't know, you know. <laughs> Still some days I say that. <laughs> that is <laughs> true. But I didn't know, like, we started doing the podcast just playing with my kid's uh, Xbox headphone thing he had. And I was like, I guess I can plug this in the computer and play with it. But then how do I get another microphone? How do we make that happen? All right. All right. Everybody's heard this before, honey, like 17 times. Bottom line is you are the brains behind the operation. Can I just be the beauty? Oh, you are. You always be. Do I have baby. a beautiful voice? Do I count for that? Oh, you always do, baby. Oh, you thank do. you. And so friends, thank you for tuning in with us for this hundredth episode. We're super grateful to have been here with you. And we hope that you'll stay along on our journey as we learn and grow and get to know you even more. Right, Chris? Absolutely. If you want to find out more, you always go to our website, www.chrisandchristineshow.com. And that's Chris and Christine with K's. And we will be back here with you next week. <laughs>